0: Welcome to In Our Experience, a podcast exploring the many ways of living well with Nourish Yoga Training. I'm your host, Harriet, yoga teacher and founder of Nourish. Today, I'm joined by Becky Vary. Becky is a yoga teacher and teacher trainer with a focus on working with young people. Becky is part of Nourish's teaching faculty and has a lifelong passion for all things Disney. In my chat with Becky, we cover a really broad range of topics from the importance of authenticity and play, to not taking things too seriously, and of course, the magic of Disney. I'm so excited to share this with you and would love to hear what you think. You can get in touch either by popping us a message or an email. Um, All of our contact details are in the show notes. Right, on to my conversation with Becky. Hi, Becky. Hi, Harriet. (laughs) Welcome to uh, In Our Experience. I'm so happy that you're here as one of our guests on season one. How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. And I'm very
1: excited. This is exciting.
0: (laughs) It is exciting. I'm really glad that you're here. So we start every episode by asking our guests the same question, which is, what's nourishing you this week? And this can be anything big, small, silly, profound. It doesn't have to be related to yoga. Um, And to help you, I'm going to share mine first. So this week, things have started getting a little bit cooler. Autumn's on the way. Um, and I've really been enjoying having my fire back on and keeping things nice and cozy in the evening. And I know that you're a big autumn fan Mm -hmm. as well. So (laughs) Becky, what's nourishing you this week?
1: Well, that leads perfectly because I gave this one some thought and it absolutely had to be just autumn in general (laughs) it had to be um I started thinking about autumn I think (laughs) midsummer and it's here um I don't know what it is about this time of year and I know a lot of us feel it like you just said I mean the idea of a fire on your boat sounds amazing very jealous of that um it's warmer warmer clothes it's cozy clothes it's um darker nights and candles and the full the full lot. I'm not even embarrassed to talk about
0: how basic I am when it comes to autumn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean it is it is a delicious time of year for all sorts of reasons, isn't it's it?
1: It's delicious, such a good word, yeah. yeah. Mm.
0: Do you have a favorite autumn food? Or mm. autumn like autumn-inspired edible treat? Ooh. Okay,
1: I think I have two. One is going to be my more yoga-y answer, and it is true. I love soup mm. and and anything um, like just chucking loads of root vegetables in a big pot. And I think it's, um, it's the even the cooking and the preparing rather than just the eating of it, which is also great. Um, also, to go with my basic theme, anything pumpkin-shaped. So if I go to a coffee shop and they have <laughs> a pumpkin biscuit, I'm I'm buying it.
0: You're like, I feel
1: like, I feel like
0: autumn is your Christmas.
1: Oh yeah, it's way better than Christmas.
0: I mean, that's <laughs> debatable because I fucking love Christmas. <laughs> I feel like, but I have grown to love autumn more because in Australia, we don't really have autumn. Mm. Like autumn doesn't exist unless you live quite high or quite south. Um, So autumn was like a new experience for me when I moved to the UK. So it's. It's growing on me, but um, but I'm a I'm a fan. Yeah, I'm a fan of autumn. You're in. Yeah, yay! <laughs> this podcast brought to you by, by the season I of autumn. autumn. Love I love it. Um, well, thank you for sharing me sharing with me your nourishing thing. I think the reason that we have this at the beginning is it's just I don't know a nice way to sort of touch base with living well yeah. and all sorts of different things that feel good. So. Where I thought we could start is if you could tell me a little bit about your background and how you would describe what it is that you do. Oh my gosh, what a question.
1: (laughs) This is something I give a lot of thought to. Sometimes I literally sit there and think, what do I do? (laughs) Um, But I'm going to give it a go. So um, my background is that I came... Yeah, from the world of theatre and performance. You're a thespian. I'm a thespian, or at least I was. I always was. Growing up, it's all I did. It's all I listened to. It's all I thought about. (laughs) Um, Musical theatre mostly, but theatre in general. And... I was always going to go to drama school and I was always going to be an actor and be taken very seriously and that was my plan. And obviously I went out into the world and um you know love what I did but it was tough and it got tougher and um something I think once I got um out there auditioning and living in that world which as you can imagine is a kind of like cutthroat, tough world of performing. Um, it lost its sparkle a little bit for me. And without even realizing it, I think I just kind of fell out of love with performing and, mm. and dance and, and acting and all those skills that I'd all, like loved and always done for fun, you know, more than anything and around the same time I started going to a yoga class in fact very specifically a hot yoga class and I read in the paper that hot yoga was very cool so I went (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and um, I just I left that first class and I know it sounds cliche but I literally left and was like what was
0: that wow you got a buzz. Oh, I
1: got it. I got that yoga buzz. I got that like yoga high that you get sometimes mm-hmm. at the end of a really great class. And you do get, you know, hot, hot yoga is not something I practice now, but I think you do get it from the,
0: the heat. Yeah, it's and called adrenaline. it's <laughs> got adrenaline. It's got
1: adrenaline on my word. <laughs> and something about that first class, I always remember the teacher, you know, saying something about, you know, oh, do what feels right. And if this doesn't feel good, don't do it. And it was like, <sighs> like mind blown Mm. can't see what I'm doing now but I'm doing a mind blown thing with my fingers um because coming from the world of dance and theatre it was always do more more you know um Mm. push and and make it work and that was it I just loved that idea that I could be me and that was enough I'd never felt that before Mm. and then that was it I was off and um, even though I had no money as a poor struggling actor, um, <laughs> I spent all my money on yoga and I stopped answering my agent's calls cause I didn't want to go to auditions because I had yoga that day. <laughs> and then I kind of realized that one day that something had shifted. Mm. And, yeah.
0: And then wow. Off. So you fell, fell out of love with performing and mm-hmm. fell into love with yoga. Yeah,
1: that was it. So um, off I went to my first teacher training. Um, and interestingly enough, for, you know, for people who know you and Nourish and kind of the work that we all do, um, my first training was a 200-hour Ashtanga Vinyasa training, <laughs> which I think a lot of us have, weirdly, in our past.
0: So for people that might not be familiar with Ashtanga Vinyasa, mm. how would you describe that type of training and practice? Yeah,
1: okay, so it's known as the most masculine practice, isn't it? Is that right? Yeah, I feel like that's fair. <laughs> Traditionally. Yeah. Um, it's a set series. There is no music, <laughs> no sipping water. Um, it's intense and quick and strong. Um, don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm not here to, um, to like slag off ashtanga yoga. It's something that I still dip into a lot. But yeah, that was my kind of way in. Mm. and I loved it and um and I came back and I moved to Oxford and here I was with my 200 hours and the very first job I got which I know you know this story um is I get a phone call from Oxford Council I don't know where they got my number very random and they said oh you do Pilates don't you and I said well no but I do yoga um they were like great that'll that'll do um the hospital in Oxford needs someone to come in and work with our cancer unit, in particular with the people at Maggie's. Um, Maggie's is this wonderful uh, charity for people and um, family members of people that are going through cancer treatment. Amazing work. We can link them in the show notes because oh, they
0: do really wonderful, They do. Wonderful They're amazing. Stuff, yeah. And
1: they've got centers all over the place, but they do have this one in Oxford. And they asked if I would come along and teach. Um, and so I turn up. On day one and um, yeah yeah I turn up day one and I had them for an hour and a half this group of people and as each person works in the as each person walks in the door they say to me oh um, you know I need to let you know I can't go on my knees for this practice okay next person says Becky I can't lie down on my back okay so on and so on until I thought, well, in the next hour and a half, we can't sit or lie or gone on ease or, or there's so many things physically in the practice that I was completely limited with. And I had no clue what to do. And I just thought, right, we'll breathe. Mm. got an hour and a half. We're going to breathe for an hour and a half. And that's what we did. And, you know, that's a bit of a long winded way of saying that basically that was my journey, really, that lead that led me to meeting you. To the work that you know you do and we do at Nourish, because I had to learn how to make this practice that I still knew very little about at that point
0: um, open to people and accessible. That was a long story. <laughs> no, I loved it, um, and I've I've covered that class for you actually a few times in the past, um, and it's just it's a beautiful community. Oh my and, word. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. They're. Um, they have uh, their whole center set up like a kind of um, beautiful house, like the dr- a dream house that we'd all love to live in. I know. I really liked the bathrooms. Oh, yeah. They're beautiful. Yeah. It's got this like Scandi vibe. It's gorgeous. Mm. Yeah. And the living room, as they call it, literally is like a living room and it's full of books mm. and sofas and cushions. And even like on that first day, you know, we didn't have yoga mats. We just used like um, we used towels and we used um, sofa cushions, you know. Like you don't need all this fancy stuff, you can still still do your do job. it. yeah. Mm.
0: I feel like it m- makes me feel really like warm on the inside, thinking about you going and teaching that, but also at the same time, what a situation to be confronted with as a new teacher. Yeah terrifying.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And you've sort of taken that approach to sort of making things accessible, and that's now throughout so much of your teaching isn't it you know even if you're I mean even if you're teaching something that's more dynamic or teaching something with people that can be on their knees or lie down you know it's still that you know that message right from that first class of like do what's right for you that is is still there for you today
1: absolutely yeah and I think what's really interesting is when this was happening and I was figuring it out week by week um and, you know, no one had talked to me about props at that point. And this was sort of, I, I guess, uh, 2014, something like that, 15. Um, accessible yoga wasn't a word that I was familiar with. Mm. I didn't see it around. There wasn't much of a community. So I didn't realize that's what I was doing, you know, by grabbing loads of blankets and trying to help people that needed their knees supported. It was just that's what was happening. Yeah. Um yeah. And then it really has from then it just, yeah. Cause actually these days, you know, it's not that all the yoga I teach these days, um, is soft and, and restorative and gentle. You know, I don't even really teach technically mm. restorative yoga. I, I quite like a, as you know, I quite like a flow and I quite like a, I like to move, you know, mm. cause that's how I am as a person. Mm. Um, but Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. No matter what class, you know, today at 7.30, I have a class that's called Strong Flow. But that strong flow, I hope, if I'm doing my job, um, means that a total beginner can walk in and still flow. Mm, That's the idea anyway.
0: And you are very good at your job, so I'm sure. Mm. I'm sure that they can. Oh, I hope so. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I think... I think what I'm hearing there is that there are some key key values that sort of thread through, you know, whether it's something dynamic or something um, for cancer patients or whatever, mm. there are some key values that really drive you. So if you had to like pin them down, mm. what would your what would those values be? Like, what would you name them? Mm, this is a good one. I was giving this some thought
1: Um a lot of it, I think, comes back to, and I think this is something I'm seeing, like, a lot more of. People talk about and people write about this idea of authenticity, mm. being able to walk into that space as a teacher or a facilitator or whatever it is your job is that day, um, and just being able to bring yourself into the room, and... Um, I don't know how many other teachers have felt this way or still do. Um, But there is certainly this pressure in the yoga world, I think, to be a certain way. Um, Not just, I think a lot of it is appearance based. Um, You know, something I felt very early on was that perhaps when people looked at me, they didn't, but I didn't necessarily look like a yoga teacher. I still don't look like a yoga teacher. What what even is that? (laughs) What does that mean? If you're teaching yoga, you're a yoga teacher but um of course but but that was that that still existed in my head that thought you know and even down to the point of you know am I supposed to have a green juice in the morning am I supposed to be vegan am I etc etc am I supposed to talk in a really floaty voice (laughs) <laughs> and and I think as time's gone on, and, and I've really kind of learnt a little bit more of how to be myself. It's really I, I find that very scary. I don't know if that's
0: just me. Um, no, maybe. I think I think there's a there's always. I mean, definitely for me, I I have fears around being vulnerable because there's like a mm. vulnerability to being yourself, isn't there? Because you're, like, stepping out into the world and you're, like, here I am. Here I am. This is who – like, this is who I am. This is what I do. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's so – there's so much power in that, but it is fucking terrifying yeah. because you, it's easier for people to, you know, judge or criticize mm-hmm. or reject or something like that. But, you know – but worth it, mm. I think. A
1: hundred percent worth it when when you are able to do it. Mm. It's very liberating and exciting, I think. And that's, I think, then when you're teaching, um, you know, I'm trying to think of a word, like it takes off, like fireworks. Yeah. It's, and I think people feel that.
0: Yeah, I agree. A student once said to me, I think it was easily one of the best compliments, a compliment or like observation about my teaching and obviously it's stuck because I can remember mm. it now, but this was years ago. And they said to me, your teaching feels like an extension of who you are. Mm. And I was like, yes, bingo. that's what I'm trying to do. Set. Like there's always a certain performance to teaching. Like mm. you step to the front of that role yeah, and try as we might to sort of flatten the hierarchy of a class. Like students are still going to place you into that position of being the teacher, mm-hmm. but you know, You know, I feel like I am the best version of myself when I'm teaching.
1: Oh, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, you sort of like, I almost, you sort of collect yourself up from Mm. the puddle and then you're there. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's like the greatest hits. Yeah. The
1: The greatest hits of Harriet.
0: Yeah. Oh, and of Becky. Yeah. Um, so authenticity is one of your values. Yeah, for
1: sure. And then I'm um, I'm not sure if this counts as a value. I was really mulling over this, but there's something to do with this idea of, um, for me, and I think this is more maybe a personal thing than my teaching, but, you know, I've already mentioned this, um, this thought process I had of perhaps my, myself and my body perhaps not being good enough for yoga. And a massive kind of journey I've been on, I hate to use that word, but it's it's the best for this, for what I'm trying to say. This kind of journey that I've been on of um, learning that actually I can move my body in so many ways um, with yoga, dance and running and go to the gym. And it doesn't have to be about an end result. It can just be about the joy of moving and like how great it feels and sometimes it doesn't feel great (laughs) and um yeah this just this this liberation of like we're here to do yoga but we're not here because it's going to burn calories or tone our bellies or you know the list goes on I don't know if that quite counts as a value but
0: no I think I I think it definitely does it's like movement because it's joyful rather than it needing to like serve a specific purpose yeah because don't we
1: have enough of that anyway well this is what i was
0: just about to say we are like the way that our society and our culture sort of trains us we have to like make the best or be the best of everything it's like this optimization culture i think is what it's called where it's like well if i'm going to do a workout for 20 minutes that i want to do the best workout possible and i need to you know burn the most calories or like build the most muscle and or like if you're in uh if you're interested in something like yoga or tennis or running then it suddenly becomes about being like the best at that and actually like for example I run not particularly fast or far but I do it because I enjoy it and it feels good. Yeah. And I'm totally satisfied with that. I'm like yeah. I don't I was like I'm not interested in ever running more than half an hour or 45 minutes maybe. But like I feel quite content with like the the container that sits around that. Mm. Um and when we live in a culture that's always like push push push, more more more. Yeah. Sort of like what you were saying with the performance. Mm. Like you it's know, it's always
1: about doing everything everything is about doing and surely uh, I don't know if I'm making a jump here but surely some the thing that we all love about yoga like I said on that day one is that
0: it's not about the doing it's you know it's about the being yeah exactly I was teaching recently and I described what we were doing not as a doing practice but as an undoing practice and I thought that was quite nice but as you say as well there's like a a uh, emphasis on being in yoga yeah. with whatever's there. I, you know? um,
1: I always remember, I think I just think you'll like this, and um, I always remember this is from a million years ago when I was doing a yoga class, and we were doing a happy baby pose. Mm-hmm. And the teacher said, just, you know, um, roll around in your happy baby pose, um, being completely loved just like a baby, because they're loved just for being just for being a baby. I don't know if, I, I don't know if I'm saying it exactly right, but that has never left my head in like 10 years. It's just this like idea of just rocking around like a baby and that's good enough.
0: People I love, love you anyway. I love that. Well, I think that one of the things that I really struggle with in sort of the world in general, but specifically in yoga, is sometimes the real seriousness of the practice. Mm. Um, and for example, one of the things that I often encourage students to do is set an intention, you know, for their, for their practice or for their day or, you know, whatever the case may be. But I make a point of always saying like, it can be silly. It doesn't have to be serious. Like you're not going to change your life Mm. in one (laughs) yoga class. So maybe your intention today is not to like be calm, Maybe your intention today is to like I don't know, just be a little bit silly or be playful or, you know, just find the lightness in what you're doing.
1: Yeah, I don't think yoga's
0: all that serious really.
1: I don't I know think if my Some mind. people
0: take it pretty fucking seriously. Oh, yeah, I, think <laughs> <it means people. laughs> I you
1: know, maybe I don't know, maybe people have thoughts about that, but I don't think yoga's all that serious. I think a lot of it's quite quite strange and different and funny and yeah. weird and cool.
0: I agree. Yeah. I agree. I mean, you know, I think there are just there are there are things in the world to take seriously. Mm-hmm. But ourselves no. and yoga is probably, yeah. you know, not one of them. Mm. Unpopular opinion perhaps. Well, yeah, we'll see. But yeah. <laughs> um but that silliness and the, the the sort of idea of playfulness leads me into sort of asking about your work with kids and young people as well because I know this is a massive part of your teaching at the moment and and not only in yoga but also you have a drama school that you run um so I'm really keen to sort of hear about maybe a little bit about how you got into kids but also just what you love about working with yeah. with kids
1: Now that sounds great I um yeah, again, it seems to be the way I get into everything when it comes to yoga. But um, someone said, well, I should say that before I started to practice yoga, I did some drama teaching because when you're a poor actor, you need to make money. Mm. And um, yeah, I saw an advert in The Stage. The Stage is a newspaper where you find your um, auditions. I bet I bet you find them online. No, actually, I'm quite old. But um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so I started teaching some drama. So then once I was, um, in yoga studios teaching, um, studio owner said to me, teacher hasn't turned up for a, our kids' yoga class. you work with kids, haven't you? Yeah. Okay. And you do yoga. Great. In you go. Literally pushed me in the room. Um, and that was that. And it was sink or swim and it was fine. And actually I kind of loved it really. Um, Yeah, a huge amount of my work now has become working with young people. Um, I work in schools. Again, that that came from people reaching out to me and saying, you know, our schools have um, certain things going on within their culture. Maybe a lot of students are feeling stressed, anxious, maybe behavioral problems. Maybe not, you know, all kinds of things. Um, You know, can you come in and, and work with young people? and at that point I hadn't done any kids yoga training it was just me and like a bag of props and some music and just kind of figuring it out um which I think is the best training on the job you know you need you need to do your training I'm a big obviously a big advocate for that but then you also need to get out there That's what I always say to our students who are training you know get out there and teach um yeah um I I love kids yoga and um you know, what I find that I sometimes am hitting against all the time is that I think a lot of yoga teachers and trainees like to think kids yoga is like a branch or like a side thing. Or maybe not even, not. they don't even put it at the side, they put it like under. Mm. So like... So like to be a yoga teacher is this thing that's sacred and wonderful but to be a kids yoga teacher well it's got nothing to do with anything really Oh
0: the snobbery of the, the yoga snobbery. world The snobbery
1: yeah and I and I see and I hear it all the time and I'm a firm believer in just the importance and just how brilliant kids yoga is I wish I wish we could all just get in a room as a group of adults and just do some of these games and exercises and partner poses because you just end up laughing your heads off. Yeah.
0: Well, you have done this in the past yeah. with our sort of adult 200-hour trainees <laughs> where you've yeah. come in and you've, you've instead of a morning practice of, I don't know, you know, sun salutations, you have like, oh, today's kid yoga day. And you've got them picking up pom-poms with yeah, their toes. Absolutely. Which um,
1: isn't my exercise. I did absolutely steal that from lovely Lily, who, um, who was one of the... Shout, shout out to Lily. Uncles. We love shout you. Shout out to Lily, who's wonderful. I should say that. But yes, um... Yeah, chuck a bag of pom-poms on the ground and say, right, you've got one minute to pick them all up with your feet. It's mindful, it tickles you between the toes, it feels good, even as an adult. Um, yeah, I've had them, um, you know, barking like a dog in Down Dog. It feels good, you know, we all walk around taking ourselves and our life so seriously. Like, how liberating um, to just be silly. And that's what I get to do every day. I literally spend all day
0: being quite silly with with tiny people with tiny humans I have so much respect for that I love kids mm. I've taught kids yoga a few times and I'm like oh not for me and <laughs> <laughs> like I'm really fine with that I'm like I can like like I know what yeah. my strengths are but I'm so glad that there are teachers out there like you particularly teaching kids yoga mm. who sort of have um, not only great skills at sharing yoga with young people, but I think you also, you know, you've got that broader lens of like what's going on in the world and where does maybe this practice fit within what's going on for these kids as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's really important. Yeah,
1: it's it's amazing. And actually what we were talking about before, this idea of it being a real kind of doing world we have to achieve, I think kids have that the most in my Mm, opinion. That's interesting. They're at school all day. School is about achievement, whether it's, you know, whether it's their maths and their literature um, or whether it's playing sport or whether it's after school dance or whether it's, uh, I don't know, what else do kids do? Kids do everything, don't they? Swimming and homework. Um, You know, kids are the best at play and grown-ups we're the worst at playing, usually. Um, So, that's all it is it's getting them to play and be creative you know so many times um i'll use my i'll use my uh, lovely husband as a as a example of this i'm sure he won't mind but um one of the my favorite games in the world is asking my husband will like i'll say you know if you're a vegetable <laughs> can imagine this on like a Tuesday night he just wants to watch the telly but I'm like if you're a vegetable what vegetable would you be and he'll just be like I don't know that's my will voice by the way (laughs) I don't know and it's like his brain is breaking um and 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 he's just one example like when we do the trainings with the people on the course the trainees you know often that's the kind of response I get because we're all so worried about getting the right answer Mm. what vegetable are we (laughs) Um, kids
0: are really good at it they'll just be like
1: I'm a carrot (laughs) great no rhyme or reason because it doesn't matter there's no wrong answer
0: I love that. Asking people what, you know, fruit or vegetable mm. they are is actually one of my favourite ice-breaking questions. Amazing. When I'm meeting a new group, because I'll, I'll say to them, what, um, what vegetable are you and also why? And my favourite <laughs> part is hearing people, like, psychoanalyse themselves Brilliant. and the vegetable. <laughs> They're like, well... Um, like I'm I don't know, a potato because, you know, I'm earthy and nourishing. And I'm like Yes, perfect. I'm just like thank there doing you. a slow clap in the corner. I'm like, thank you for being you. That's actually a great idea. If you were a vegetable Becky, what would you be putting you on the spot? Oh my gosh, what vegetable would I be?
1: I would be a leek because I am a proud Welsh woman. <laughs> We were just talking about whales before we started, but yes. Um, and leeks are just lovely, and they're light green, and yeah, they just got feel a bit sort of,
0: leaky. And they've got interesting hair.
1: Interesting hair, and my hair's a little bit spiky today,
0: so yeah. There you go, you're a leek. I love that. I and love they're quite light, feed. and
1: I think I consider myself a fairly light person.
0: Yeah, I can see you being a leek. Great. <laughs> Maybe I should every week instead of asking people what's nourishing them, I should ask them what vegetable (laughs) they are. what vegetable you are. Yeah. The weirdest one I ever did was asking people what nut they were. Oh, my gosh. Because people
1: don't. Well, what nut would you be having? I'm a
0: cashew nut. Perfect.
1: Yeah. You are a cashew.
0: Yeah. I know. (laughs) I know. Um, But people aren't as familiar with types of nuts Mm. as they are vegetables. Yeah, it's a hard one. So it was a tricky one. You have to like pick the right sized group to do that with before people run out of nuts. <laughs> um, oh, what nut would you be? Oh my gosh. Hmm.
1: I think I'm a sunflower seed. Oh, that's a seed, though. Does that count? No. I have to be. I a mean, nut. you can you
0: can use maybe it. like
1: a walnut just because they're f- they're fun. Yeah,
0: they're, they're sort all, of they're <laughs> sort of zany, aren't zany? they? <laughs> <Yeah. quirky. laughs> They've got an interesting shape. Um, Well, as much as I hate to leave our discussion of of what nuts we would be, I thought we are sort of coming towards the end of our time. Mm. But I really, really wanted to talk to you about Disney. (laughs) It's like a rapid change of direction in the conversation. But you have a deep and undying love of all things Disney. And I simply adore it. Becky recently went to Disneyland Paris mm-hmm. and you were there for five days. Five days. Five days. Yeah. And I lived for your Instagram stories <laughs> that week. I could not get enough Disney content. Um, so tell me a little bit about like how you became a Disney influencer <laughs> <laughs> and what you love so much about it. Okay. I've gone all like
1: I've gone all like hot because I'm excited. <laughs> Um, okay. Um yeah, Disney's my one true love. Um <laughs> and actually I, I won't I won't go onto this too much, but it is it feeds feeding back into what we've talked about, you know, I think at the beginning I used to be quite embarrassed about this kind of side of myself that, you know. Mm-hmm passion you know I have, I have this deep passion slight like, obsession you know and I used to think well yoga teachers can't go to Disneyland it's a so commercial
0: well like when people are like obsessed with their football teams we celebrate it exactly but, you know why can't we celebrate people being obsessed with Disney yeah absolutely. I'm here for it also I'm about to give
1: you this sh- the spiel Please. that um I give to everyone when they give me any attitude about okay. Disney and that is that um it, it's it's magical It's magical in every sense of the word. This is specifically Disneyland, although I did grow up going, you know, watching the movies and listening to all the beautiful music. You know, we like to listen to the music together. We do. Um, Specifically Mulan. But anyway, um, it is a place where you go, and especially as someone that comes from a theatre background, something I really respect is detail. And it is the most detailed of places, the most creative. Every time I leave... I am renewed with in, like creativity and enthusiasm. Like like, I always come back from Disney and I'm like, I need a new project. I'm ready. Um, even the bins at Disneyland are themed. They are painted a different color depending on how many steps you've taken away from the area you're in. Um, the smells they pump into each um, part of. Disneyland Park they pump smells they pump smells so that if you're in Frontierland it smells earthy it smells like fire and if you're on Main Street USA which is this like um like 1920s like happy um you know with with um uh, you know trolley carts going down and sweet shops and they they just pump all the smells of the sweets and they play music and you just it's just a such a great place to go and just protect like forget the world mm. but I mean that in a really great way mm. um you know the Disney community I think is just one of the loveliest communities everyone is has a deep deep love for it um it's not about it's not like going to any other theme park. so it's not about the roller coasters and it's not about the food It's about how you feel when you get there. You know, that's what they always say. A great product or a great service, you need to make people feel something. And Mm. I just think Disney does that, like, to the max. It moves you. It moves you. It moves you. Um, I, you know, I walked through the main gate in September, and that was my first Disneyland trip in two years, which I think since the day I was born is the longest I've never gone to any park. And, um, you know, I walked through and I saw the town square and I heard the music and that was it i was off i was crying my my head off Aww. it was very special <laughs> and luckily luckily i found an insane uh, husband who loves it too so well you guys are just perfect i
0: love it <laughs> well perfect together <laughs> um well i think as well just sort of to to come back to what you said in there about something for people to remember, it has to make you feel a certain way, or for mm-hmm. something to be good, it has to make you feel a certain yeah. way. Um, and we do the same thing in yoga all the time, yeah. You don't remember classes that don't make you feel a certain way. Um, one of the things that I'm always saying to the trainees is like, focus less on what you're teaching, focus more on how you want mm. your students to feel. And the experience that's something yeah. similar
1: to you, something I say when I'm working with the trainees is like you're there you know just like they did to me as mm. i stepped onto main street you're creating an experience so it's not mm. just about you it's about the space and how you use it yeah. and your voice and yeah yeah
0: oh i love it mm. um well becky i have just adored talking to you as i always do when i get to spend time with you um so our listeners can find you where should they look yeah
1: actually best place to find me these days is on my instagram so it's becky b-e-c-k-y and very which is v-a-r-e-y just because it's a funny one and that's where i post pretty much everything disney yoga the lot
0: <laughs> yeah we will we will link to becky's instagram in the show notes oh, thank you. um and then the next time she goes to disneyland we can all oh live that experience um through you <laughs> um well thanks so much for joining me becky oh no thank you so
1: much it's been lovely thank you
0: thanks for listening to in our experience Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. We love hearing what you think, and it makes a really big difference. In the meantime, until the next episode comes out, why not check us out on our Instagram account, at Nourish Yoga Training, or pop us an email via our website. See you soon.